God, man. You know, we we got to do a little bit of a promo here, though, because we almost for almost forgot about that. We're half an hour into this damn thing almost. And OK, totally forgot about this. Past the intros, I know. Right, dude. This is like, <laughs> man, I'm telling you, man, we could get it, get together. We could rant about all kinds of things. I'm going to link the video. This is one of Renfeld's videos he made. This is kind of like the intro to like what's on the agenda in the future. Do you want to like talk about it a little bit? You want to yeah, share? yeah, totally. Kind of share I'll the... wait till. Yeah, there it is. Right there. I was gonna wait for the link to crop up. And there it is, y'all. <clears throat> yeah, you can go ahead and kind of like... make sure this is make sure this is the right video. Yeah, right. So that I know what Looking I'm talking. Looking for more about. to join oh, yeah, on the epic journey. The right yes. <laughs> All right. So, um, how do we how to make this short? Um, so we are going to be doing um, the Lost Minds of Foundelver. Um, for Dungeons and Dragons starting in November. Um, we're looking at Sunday nights. Tentatively, that's still the plan. You know, there obviously could be last minute changes and stuff, but we're looking at starting early November for that. The intent is we're going to be running through the Lost Minds of Foundelver with a group of six to eight adventurers. It's going to be the three of us. Um, and we're going to be joined by my brother and my wife and Nathan's got, I think a couple of people who are probably going to be joining us, hopefully husband and wife team. We'll see. Um, but we're going to be running through, uh, it's probably going to take us about three months is what I kind of would anticipate because there's a few things going into this is a lot of us are new to fifth edition. And I think almost all of us are new to virtual tabletop programs. And so I'm the biggest, new. the intent Right. The intent with this is multifold. One is going to be we want to get everybody used to fifth edition and also learn the program that we're going to be using for the virtual tabletop, which at this point, I think we're going to be going with um, Fantasy Grounds because it has one of the coolest UIs and some other stuff uh, with it. And we're going to be running through this as sort of a training wheel program. And then as we get into the new year, we're going to be, or at least the intent is that we are then going to be finishing up the Lost Minds of Phandelver, and we're going to be moving into the homebrew campaign that my brother and my wife and I have been building for the last seven months now, which has been codenamed Project Dramond. Um, I'm actually in the middle of, I mentioned this at the beginning of the show, I'm in the middle of finishing up the first module, which we playtested with our patrons a few months back. Um, we're getting art for it in the next few months, um, fleshing out the, the the module as well as the source book and everything else. And then once we wind up with this first campaign, we're planning on moving into the actual campaign for that project, which we're going to be unveiling the name and everything for that at the, uh, the timeline right now is end of October. And we're going to be streaming all of this tabletop stuff, this adventure in the Lost Minds of Fandelver. We're going to be streaming that on this Twitch channel that we're going to be launching here late October, early November. Those episodes will be streamed live, probably Sunday nights, I think is what we're shooting for. And then they'll go on to YouTube a few days later. So if you want to hang out with us and 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 look at that, um, feel free. Also, we are looking for a couple of more people. We're looking for a maximum of eight, and I think we have six right now. Um, so if you think that you might want to join us, watch that video and uh, feel free to ping me on Discord or somewhere and let me know um, because we're going to be doing that soon.
Welcome to the party. We are looking for more your podcast for all things gaming with a focus on MMOs, RPGs, game development, and gaming culture. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorgan. I'm joined today by my returning party members. Welcome back, Redfell. What up? Also, welcome back, the Nathan Napalm. What's up? <laughs> What's up, guys? Glad to be here. <laughs> I see it start going, the Nathan. And people are gonna be like, wait, why didn't he say the rest of it? Did he change his name and I toy with people? <laughs> let me go check out let me go check out his YouTube and find out if something changed, guys. Yeah. Look, we got we got some things on the agenda. We're gonna be talking about games and stuff and things as we usually do. I do apologize, everybody. Last week we didn't have a show. So if you, you know, weren't able to tune in, listen to it, watch it over on YouTube, I do apologize. I was under I was under the crunch a bit to get some things done in time. And uh, I had like a 24 hour period. and It was just all in that 24 hour period. And I had to tap out. I had to know my limits and tap out. So sat there going, oh, it ain't going to be too bad, though. It gives us an extra week to talk about. Well, actually, to kind of have some time to like review what we want to talk about, which is a big chunk of that's going to be talking about New World Reflections. But I know both of you have been playing it, right? So, oh, yeah, you've been playing it a good um, bit. I'm like, I'm like 50 hours in now. So it's, it's I got a good chunk. Nice. Yeah, I know a lot of people in, in the community here. I don't play it myself. A lot of people have been playing it themselves as well. But, you know, look, before we dig in too far, I do got to give a big shout out to all of the supporters here, both on Twitch, YouTube, Patreon, the people that support this content, this podcast, this channel. Really appreciate it. You know, keeping the bags packed, provision stock for all the adventures here on the show. And that that dialogue actually is going to tie in really well with some things that are in the future here. Um, we'll talk about it briefly here in a little bit, but, um, you know, if you, uh, would like to call in and leave us a voicemail, you can do that at one five three nine six six four six eight zero one. You can also go over to our show Twitter at the LFM show pin post at the top right there shows all of the, the links to all of the podcast places where you can listen in on the show, go to iTunes. And if you are gracious enough to leave us a five-star review, the comment be greatly appreciated and, we will definitely read uh, the comment here on the show live. Same for playing a message as long as it's not, you know, a little ridic. Like some of y'all like and, to call Let's in. face it, this this <laughs> needs five stars. So just do it. You need to take a look at your hosts and co-hosts. Look at us. Yeah, this ain't no four-star bullcrap. Look around here. What do you, what do you think this is? Five-star is... beards, five-star <laughs> smiles. You know, it's this is five-star all the way around, baby. Look at that shiny dome. Thank that you. Alone, Shave yeah, that freshly. Alone, that alone is worth yes. at least one full gold like, star. Like, like You know what? On. You know what? And I, and I got to say, it was because of right here live on the show a couple of weeks ago <laughs> that Sam convinced me to start getting the gray back out of my beard again, right? Like, oh, you see the gray's gone? That was Sam. He was talking about it. And then I look over at my little video, and I'm like, yeah, I should probably do that too. Clean it up, man. You know what I mean? Just a little bit a little bit of time when you're when you're shaving or trimming yeah, up. like Rip, Rip yeah. looks good because it, it's, it, it, it's solid, right? But when you yeah. just get the well, little bits, it, it you looks can't, little... You can't tell too much, but I will say this. From, from about here down, you'll notice that it's a lot whiter from here up than it is from oh, yeah. here down. That's the so newer. Right, right. This this is one I literally started last September. So this is a little over one year. And this is like 
this is the 2020 and this is 2021 <laughs> you know it's like well hey uh, this look is a pandemic beard this we're, pandemic. From rim, we're, we're going from Renfield to gray to Renfield to white uh, yes. it's <laughs> happened right before your eyes on this five-star program <laughs> on this five-star program <laughs> you know it's true though. I saw, I saw, I saw my lady. She's in chat. And she was like, "Smells like." I mean, you guys don't even need to talk. Literally, it's a silent stream. We're just gonna chill here. We're gonna stare intently into our cameras. I can't do that with a straight face. I'm just gonna look and be like, "Hey, welcome to the show. Enjoy." They <laughs> just do that all for an hour and a half or something. People be like, "Dude, you like." How? How? Like Christmas streams that, that people do sometimes, where it's just a dude sitting by a Yuletide log, sipping whiskey for an hour on a live stream, and he never says a word. Like, didn't um, I can't remember his name from uh, Parks and Recreation with the mustache. Nick Nick Offerman, Offerman, Offerman did one one year where he just sat there and drank whiskey for like an hour, never said a word. It was just a live stream, just sipping whiskey in front of a fire for Christmas. Nice. It can be done. Nice. I'm gonna do that. And I'm gonna add a pipe. In a pipe. Yeah. Oh, Mix it up a little bit, you know. Add a pipe and some whiskey, you know. Talking a Deckard Kane voice. Well, welcome to the channel, everybody. <laughs> That's a really good Deckard Kane uh, impression. There. Oh, I mean, I've had a lot of practice. I call him my old scholarly gentleman of the dark times. Oh, yeah. 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 Welcome to the channel. I can't tell you just exactly how many times we've streamed this show. Okay, enough of me and my shenanigans, but dude, I, I I love it. Um, hey, gotta give a big shout out to uh go go for and chat or go for and chat. Really appreciate that. Said they yeah, usually watch it. Yeah, I did a bunch of gifted subs. Super appreciate that. Really appreciate support. But more importantly, said they usually watch it through YouTube, so they drop by and take a visit. So really appreciate that you did that. It, it's showing up live showing up lives. I, I encourage people all the time. I super appreciate everybody who listens and watches and, but you just miss out on seeing Renfield raise his hands. Like he's trying to cup something above them and yeah. kind of use his fingers to, uh, what <laughs> would be situate. the What exactly caress would, those is that caressing though? It looks more like a lot of flicking in well sequence. It's different people, different strokes for different folks. This is man. true. It's like I was we know what Redfield little... likes. <laughs> I was thinking that this was like you're trying to get through the underbrush, right? You're trying to get, you know, you're trying to get to I'm the. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel, I feel very comfortable just with the thought of like that's right. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> it's like, this is it. You gotta go. You gotta use a pattern, man. It's just the way to do it. Okay, it's awkward as fuck now. Okay, let's keep going. Look, man, you miss out. You just miss out on the things you can't be here for like you can watch it but actually being there as part of the community chatting around the show and seeing it live is a whole different experience you just miss out on the chat and the people things people say um but you know in, in typical in typical form friends we've we've got a few things to discuss today uh before we dig into all of those things a few things in news mostly around gaming mostly around our own experiences over a few topics though for this week but you know we are here to talk about it, ready or not. Um, and I've I've ranted this week a bit, I know. And I, I was talking to the guys about some of that stuff. I've I've we'll we'll we'll, we'll piggyback off that a little bit. I might I might I might go full napalm today. Uh -oh. I'll try not to. 
Time I'm, for a deep dive. For a deep <laughs> dive. And this is how Renfell parts the water or <laughs> Dry, baby. the essence of life. I don't know. Like, seriously, man, what have y'all been up to since last time? It's been two weeks this time, so. Uh, lots of New World and tabletop stuff and Patreon stuff for us. Like, I just did Chapter 7, went live today. I finished Part 3 of the module last week. I've got six parts to the module to get it done, so I'm about halfway through, but then i got to do a whole bunch of other stuff. And then uh, my brother just finished up well, he's finishing up the third QA build for the demo for a point-and-click adventure game. And assuming all of that comes out the way we want, we're thinking we'll have the final build ready by the end of the weekend or the first of next week. And then it goes to our patrons for mm-hmm. some last QA testing. And then if assuming that passes muster, then that will be ready to drop at the end of October. And we meet with our lawyer next Monday to finalize a bunch of paperwork which means we're really close to finally going from codename Project Dramond to the real name and launching all the websites and everything else, and that's headed towards the end of the month. So it's just been lots nice. of stuff there. I'm working on the manual for the point-and-click game right mm. now, and yeah, lots of new worlds, which put Final Fantasy XIV on hold, mm. unfortunately. It didn't go in anywhere. Nope. Yeah, it's a it's a good game to put on hold too. It's easy to it's slide easy to back into. Pick up the story where you left off. So sort of at least it's always been my. I, I put it on hold too because I just don't have as much time now. But what about you, Nathan? Uh, New World. I've been playing that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, yeah, we'll talk about it on the show. But yeah, yeah. And, and also, what do you know? Since last time we uh, were together, good old Nintendo up to their shenanigans again, re-releasing the exact same version of Ocarina of Time that I've already bought several times. Oh, shit, uh, dude. Uh, but, you know, uh, you know, it's Ocarina of Time. It's my yeah. favorite, favorite, one, definitely my favorite single-player game. So um, I've been playing back through that and recording and making it easy to follow, like, 15 minutes per giant section of content mm-hmm. uh, as walked through for all the little babies that never played it before when it comes out on the Switch, so. If you haven't ever played it, you got to play it. Oh, man. It's it's like one. It's like probably I would say it's one of the essential N64 games up there with like was it Rogue Squadron? um, Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Goldeneye. Like there was just some really good games for the N64 and Ocarina of Time is definitely one of them. Oh, man. Yeah, it was it was their masterpiece. Like, uh, honestly, for how limited the N64 actually was in hardware and being cartridges uh, at that particular point in time of life, um, how they even pulled it off is mind-blowing, right? Really cool game, though. I love playing. I've played it probably hundreds of times. Man. Dude, Breath of the Wild 2 is still, like, slotted to come out. When that game game drops, I'm going to be probably no life in the shit out of it. Yeah, me too. I actually felt overwhelmed by the first one um, Breath of the wild yeah I, I haven't ever played it all the way through because i don't own a switch but when i was at my brother's for uh christmas mm. not this last year but the year before end of 2019 beginning of 2020 right before the, all the travel got shut down we were there for a month and i i played that game almost every single day for like two to three hours and i feel like i barely made a dent in it you probably after did a month yeah. of gameplay and i was like how big is this freaking game it's huge Every time oh, I played, I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I've never talked to this person, apparently. Oh, I've, you know, it's it's just massive, dude. Crazy, crazy. So, 
yeah it's like that game specifically like i know like my my fiance she really likes like genshin impact like she's like the style of it i don't think she can really play because like she does inverted and that doesn't have it but i was like that's so because that's like one of the games essentially it's like modeled after the breath of the wild art style she hadn't played that i'm like oh no I mean, you gotta you gotta play that like that's yeah. even if you don't even if you've never played zelda before breath of the wild such a good game man oh man yeah it's its own little thing like uh people compare yeah. it to other stuff right that doesn't actually fit anywhere yeah. but by itself right like yep. yeah it's open world skyrim-ish yeah. but it's also zelda-ish so it's like that it's just its own freaking category it's a category of one kind of game it it did feel to me like they took the the legend of zelda as a as a game and and sort of model it more after like skyrim while keeping the story elements and all of that in place like because you get that super open you can kind of delve into whatever is there you can interact and loot things in your environment a little bit more you know i mean you gather those things and then you go and you craft like food out of it which is you know very much in like the the funny quirky sort of legend of zelda style too it's like it's a good game man and yeah yeah, just fact you can glide around the way you can and i don't know go pull the master sword from this The only thing I didn't like, and I I hope they improve upon it in the second one, I did feel like the the degradation on weapons and stuff was mm. too much, little like, much, a yeah. little too yeah, a little it's too a quick, a little too much because it makes you grind the shit out of like constantly getting new resources so that you can make new weapons or keep things you know repaired and so on and so forth and that's the only aspect that i found and again i haven't beat it i only played it for that one month yeah I you got it game apart from that you gotta go get the master sword asap because um it doesn't break it just has a cooldown period and the cooldown period's not bad so it's kind of like i'm gonna use my master sword i put it up for a while let it cool down and i'll use some other crap i got and then i'll go back to my master sword as soon as it's up you know, and I feel like that because I didn't like that portion of it, right? I thought I I, I was just kind of like, oh come on, man! I don't want to, you know, I'm running around with fifty freaking boco sticks or whatever they're called, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, dude, this is so lame, and they're so some of the stuff so cheesy. I hit some, yes, I yes. level twice and it breaks. It's like this is a little much, but mm-hmm. I do I do like what you said, Simmer, about the, the 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 gliding, not just the gliding. One of the things that really impressed me was how they introduced the like it i don't remember what it's called if it's called the stamina system but like when you're climbing and you have the wheel Mm -hmm. that's spinning down as you're using up your stamina and if you get to a certain point you're gonna fall and i thought that was a really cool way to do climbing because it was like here you go you can climb any vertical surface but the caveat is unless you've put points into that to boost that up or anything else you know you're you might not make it to the top so you have to be strategic about when and where you climb um I thought there was a lot of really cool elements in that game. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, they were talking about um, like throughout there here in chat. It's talking about um, Link to the Past. God, that was such a good game. Oh yes. Oh, so good. Back in the Has day. Have out there seen Legend of Neil? No. Okay. It was a. It was. It was one of the shows that um, Felicia Day did when she first started getting famous i think it might even been before the guild but it was a web-based show that's a riff on it's it's very adults only not safe for work um that was a youtube series um and it was based on uh the legend of zelda but basically the guys Mm. play nintendo and he gets sucked into the game world and he becomes link it's only a very 
perverted, crazy white guy version. Uh, of Blink. It's a really brilliant show. If you've never seen it, it's called The Legend of Neil. Okay. Those of you out there, um, look it up on YouTube sometime. Felicia Day is like this crazy, horny fairy that's like obsessed with the dude. It's it's really? again not safe for work, but it's <laughs> such a fun watch. Now, the Gildas are really good though. That was one yeah uh, yes. show that yes. was super good. It's so tough to find now though. I think locked behind a paywall yeah. somewhere. I think isn't it? Yeah, I can't remember. I don't. I don't know if it's locked behind a paywall. I haven't tried to watch it because I've I haven't I've only watched it the one time yeah. when it was airing, and I haven't tried to watch it since then. So I'm me and my wife it. watched it, but that was even kind of long time ago. It's been a uh, while. I mean, it's been like ten years ago or something. But yeah. I do remember the last time I watched it. The quality is really low now because at that time internet yeah. video was you know much different than today. Yeah. I just remember it was a little bit more difficult to watch, and that was still a long time. It's probably still like eight years ago we watched it. You know what I've been playing? Uh, what? Oh, fuck. Elder Scrolls Online. I've been playing it so uh-huh. hardcore, dude. I've been playing the Bounties of Blackwood event lately. Oh, they released, nice. like, the story's coming up, I think, in November, which is going to be like, dude, we're going to the Deadlands. Mm-hmm. Oh, freaking. You want to talk about Nostalgia Balls, dude? That's the mm-hmm. jam. That I loved Oblivion so much, dude. And I went in there on the PTS and I just like, I was sitting there on one stream and I like ran up in there and I was like running around. I ran the whole Deadlands map. I didn't do any story because I didn't want to spoil it, but yeah. but I was like running around and I was like, dude, it was like next level from when you went into the portals back in the day in Oblivion. Oh, dude, I was sitting there just nerding so hard. I, I just was so focused on the environment and how good it looked. And I was like, oh my God, dude. Because that's what I've always wanted. I've wanted to see Oblivion, basically, mm-hmm. reimagined with much better graphics now. And it feels yeah. so good, dude. It does. I just got a hard nostalgic kick right now listening to you think about that. And I, I literally just went in my head. I went, do I have time on Christmas break to play through Oblivion? No, Oblivion's <laughs> so good. So good. I've done Morrowind a bunch. Oh. The- some of those areas in Blackwood, some of cities, the architecture yes. and everything is so fantasy yes. that it just is awesome yes. to run through. I just did Blackwood recently, yes. um, and and I I love the, like, the the design of those areas a lot. Feels good, feels good, man. It really does. I've been doing Fortnite a lot lately too, which is like crazy that I'm actually enjoying as much as I am right now. I'll basically I've, I don't think I've missed a day since the new season or whatever started, which I, I don't usually want to play it, but, dude, Carnage is in the fucking thing. Dude, I'm going to get a yeah. Carnage skin. I can run around as Carnage. And you can, like, run around and drop in and get the symbiotes that are there on the map. And there's, like, a Venom and a Carnage one. You can, like, totally, like, throw your symbiote stuff out, grab somebody, pull them next to you, break through things in the process. You know, so I'll, like, do that, grab them, and then I'll, like, flip through a shotgun and be like, pop! <laughs> like... Just pop. I'm looking forward to the movie too because um, oh, I think yeah. Venom, the first Venom movie, just came out on Netflix here, mm-hmm. or it's next week on Netflix Mexico. And my wife is like, "We should watch that again." And I was like, "I'm totally down for watching." Yeah, that again. it was good. Movie. Hey, fantasy lovers, uh, just just uh, about to wrap up. I've been watching The Kingdom on Netflix. Ooh, very that's good. good. Very, very Ooh, good. it's so good. Yes, man. it is. What a good way to take the zombie thing but make it a little different just enough to still be really cool but a little bit different oh man i am enjoying that correct so much, me if man. i'm wrong that's the japanese samurai one where and you, have you finished it yet no 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 not yet almost 
almost. Okay. But yeah, it's I, it's yeah. Korean, I think. But I, it does feel like it's talking about Japan. No, it's not. It does take place in Korea because I just remembered is there's a Korea? part where they I think can't. they're being invaded by Japan. Remember okay. when the fire lights and they're like, "Is it Japan?" I haven't watched it since it first came out, so I'm I'm a little. I just remember it being like, if I'm not mistaken, and I don't think this is going to spoil anything. I hope it doesn't spoil anything. Mm, spoilers are coming, maybe. <laughs> plug your ears. Maybe spoil. It is medieval fantasy, mm -hmm. but it's not your typical because it's, it's. I don't remember it. I don't want to spoil it for you, Nathan. <laughs> um, it's plant based, yes, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you okay. learned that like at the very. It's okay, quick, that's what right? I was. That's, I, I, I was like, if, if there was a mind. back of a box, it would say that, I think. So I don't think that is. Now, the what the differences are between zombies that you typically think in America versus what um, they did with this is a little different. I would think that would be a spoiler, but it's yeah, yeah. it's done in such a. And I'm a big zombie fan. I'm I'm, I'm one of those who thinks uh, that uh, the Romero is the ultimate. You don't mess with his formula, but they did mess with it a little bit. But even I, who's like super, like no, you gotta no. Romero says, you know, <laughs> even I was like, dude, that was this is cool. Pretty I good. like this. Yeah, be good. Yeah, dude. You know what? You just reminded me thinking about zombies and stuff. My wife, uh, she, I don't, she didn't remember watching it, but I know we watched it together years ago. But um, she just watched uh, Francis Ford Coppola's uh, Dracula film mm. uh, with um, uh, Counter Reeves and uh, Gary Oldman, and and yeah. I've forgotten how badass Gary Oldman was as like the ultimate vampire. Because Chris was like sitting there, she was like, "Wait a second, he's now he's in a wolf form, but then he's in like a vampire form, but then he's in like a bat form." And I'm like, "Yeah, because in in the original version, you know, Dracula is the the master of the night. Like he can right. take he controls all these creatures, yep. and he can become any of those. It's not like your traditional vampire versus werewolf tale, which is one of the reasons I think it's such a it's such a quintessential vampire like Dracula movie to yeah. watch." Um, and Anthony Hopkins as Van Helsing. I'd forgotten oh, yeah. that he plays Van yeah, Helsing. Yeah, I was like, oh, he's such a – with the accent yeah, and everything. It's just yeah. like, he's so good. <laughs> Dude, um, I was going to say, this movie recently, like, there's some, there's some other things. Like, I've been basically playing ESO and Fortnite, but lately I watched this movie that, uh, on Netflix. It was so freaking good. It ca caught me off guard. The The Guilty. Have you seen mm -hmm. it? I haven't watched that one oh, yet, Oh, no. damn. That is like 90 to nothing right from the get-go. Oh, it was good, man. It was really good. And I don't want to say anything. It, on my list. it, it was it good. Out. It was not a fancy flick or anything, definitely. But um, I don't want to say anything. All I got to say is that thing just, it had me hooked from beginning to end. Nice. And I was like. Is it a movie or a series? It's a movie. But man, that thing is like intense. I was like stressed the whole time. <laughs> I was like, jeez. She made me watch. Uh, she was like, I want to watch Squid Game. And I was like. All right, so we watched Squid Game this past week, and that was three nights of like we got done, and I was like, we need a palate cleanser because that was intense. So she watched <laughs> the, she watched the animated, it's like half animation, the Yogi Bear movie from like ten years ago. <laughs> that was what she watched on the couch last night. That was her palate cleanser. She's like, I need to just clean after yeah. all of that. I was like, you're the one who wanted to watch. <laughs> but that was also very very intense. Um, oh man, dude. Netflix has been putting out some really good stuff. Um, yeah. For sure. Yeah. They man. just snagged up a big deal too. Yeah. They just snagged up Seinfeld, man. What? Yeah. That's a, yeah. that's a pretty big freaking deal. Yeah. The whole yeah. it started last week, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. They had some weird. I felt like the advertising was pretty bizarre, but Wait, uh, yeah, they 
Yeah. Yeah, they got an ad campaign going where for some reason Jerry Seinfeld's a Lego. I don't I don't understand to be honest. It's like but... pouring cereal with like the milk and everything. Yeah. That's why how I knew. I was like, oh cool, I can watch Seinfeld on Netflix now. Which I'm pretty <laughs> I, sure I, it was on there a long time ago, or maybe it was Hulu. It was on one of them. Because me and my wife said she'd never seen a single episode. We oh, really? started the game, watched it all. Because there is kind of a story there. You know there what is. I mean? There's yeah. a, there's an overarching uh, kind of crazy I, things that happen. It's one of those sitcoms where I think it's it's one of the only sitcoms that I have watched all the way through and would happily watch again. The other one being, and I think it's a superior show, and I people might disagree with me, The Big Bang Theory, for me, hmm was like I think that's the coolest sitcom show mm. that I've ever watched because it tapped one, yeah. into so much nerd culture. And I was sitting here the other day, I was like, my brother sent me some clips, and I was like, man, I, sh- I could totally watch that again like next year and just do a binge session in like two months and just go through all the seasons because, you know, it's 20-minute episodes. And the other one, which I love, but it's not is um it's not, it's not very tasteful these days, but uh, Two and a Half Men, they're – that show, it especially in the times of Me Too, there was some stuff on that show that was sketchy as shit. Yeah, even I remember. When it aired, and yeah. now it's like really cringeworthy. But there's also <laughs> a lot of moments on that show that are just downright brilliantly funny. And it's you know that's, that's Chuck Lorre. I mean, I mean he's done all stuff. But Larry David, Larry David, Curb, Curb Your Enthusiasm. If if anybody out there who's watching this has never watched Curb Your Enthusiasm. That is like the best comedy show you're ever going to see in your life because it's like unscripted, but it, these are like professional improv, improv. people. Yeah. Like they kind of know what needs to happen with the story, but they're allowed to do whatever they want. Oh yeah. There is some shit on that show that will just make you die. It will yeah. You'll, it's you one die. of those where there'll be, there'll be scenes that you will never forget for the rest of your life. And every time Something happens to you in life that's really normal, common, and boring. You'll think of a scene from that show and how <laughs> ridiculous it just changes your outlook on society. Honestly, it's it it's does. what it is. It's a it's a societal parody show, basically. And um, Larry David made Seinfeld. Yeah, and um, you can totally see that, right? So, like, actually, Curb Your Enthusiasm is what he wanted Seinfeld to be. But he couldn't, you know, back then they're like, no, this is a sitcom. You can't do that. You know, you can't do that in a sitcom. Sitcom, you have two cameras, you have a laugh track, you have, you know. Uh, so it's cool to watch Kirby Enthusiasm, which was, he got a deal with HBO where they're like, do whatever the hell you want. You're yep. the guy that made Seinfeld. Hey, you do whatever Full you want. creative freedom. <laughs> yeah. Because there's some stuff. I still think, um, going back, I mean, Seinfeld has so many great characters, but uh Jason Alexander was doing an interview recently because they're promoting the show, and he was talking about like mm-hmm. one of the scenes where he had he 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 had sex with a worker on the desk, and his uh, boss okay. like chews him out. And he said Larry David, the way he wrote it, was just like, "What? That's not allowed!" Like just I mean, just the way, but the way Jason Alexander portrayed that in character is just like this deadpan. He's just so clueless sometimes yeah. with his character. Like, but I can't do. That. Yeah. And what's funny is what's funny is George was supposed to be Larry David. So a lot of things that happened to George really happened to Larry David in his life. He just kind of accentuates it. But what's funny is a lot of people didn't know that. Right. So Larry David be doing interviews while Seinfeld was big and they'd be like, oh, that George, that goofy, you know, that goofy character, George or whatever. He'd be like, George isn't goofy. 
He's just missing it. Like he would take it personally because he knew it was him, right? You'd be like, oh, what's so weird about it? He ate the, he, they're like, oh, come on. George eats a freaking uh, pastry out of the, out of a trash can. He's like, I ate a pastry out of a trash. It was on the top. It just got, it wasn't touching any trash. It's just hilarious, dude. You know? Too funny, man. <laughs> God, man. You know, we we gotta do a little bit of a promo here though, because we almost for almost forgot about that. We're half an hour into this damn thing almost, and okay, oh, totally forgot about Barely this. Got past the intros, I know, right, dude? This is like, <laughs> man, I'm telling you, man, we could get get together. We could rant about all kinds of things. I'm gonna link the video. This is one of Renfeld's videos he made. This is kind of like the intro to like what's on the agenda in the future. Do you and I like talk about it a little bit? You yeah, share? yeah, totally. Share I'll the... wait till. Yeah, there it is right there. I was going to wait for the link to crop up. And there it is, y'all. <clears throat> yeah, you can go ahead and kind of like... Make sure, this is, make sure this is the right video. Yeah, right? So that I know what Looking I'm talking about. Looking for more about. to join oh, yeah, on the epic journey, yes. <laughs> All right, so um, how do we how do we make this short? Um, so we are going to be doing um, the Lost Minds of Foundelver um, for Dungeons & Dragons starting in November. Um, we're looking at Sunday nights tentatively. That's still the plan. You know, there obviously could be last minute changes and stuff, but we're looking at starting early November for that. The intent is we're going to be running through the Lost Minds of Fendelver with a group of six to eight adventurers. It's going to be the three of us. Um, and we're going to be joined by my brother and my wife and Nathan's got, I think a couple of people who are probably going to be joining us. Hopefully husband and wife team. We'll see. Um, but we're going to be running through, uh, it's probably going to take us about three months is what I kind of would anticipate because there's a few things going into this is a lot of us are new to fifth edition. And I think almost all of us are new to virtual tabletop programs. And so I'm the biggest, new. the intent, right. The intent with this is multifold. One is going to be, we want to get everybody used to fifth edition and also learn the program that we're going to be using for the virtual tabletop which at this point i think we're going to be going with um fantasy grounds because it has one of the coolest uis and some other stuff uh, with it and we're going to be running through this as sort of a training wheel program and then as we get into the new year we're going to be or at least the intent is that we are then going to be finishing up the lost minds of Phandelver, and we're going to be moving into the homebrew campaign that my brother and my wife and I have been building for the last seven months now, which has been codenamed Project Dramond. Um, I'm actually in the middle of, I mentioned this at the beginning of the show, I'm in the middle of finishing up the first module, which we play tested with our patrons a few months back. Um, we're getting art for it in the next few months, um, fleshing out the, the, the module as well as the source book and everything else. And then once we wind up with this first campaign, we're planning on moving into the actual campaign for that project, which we're going to be unveiling the name and everything for that at the, uh, the timeline right now is end of October. And we're going to be streaming all of this tabletop stuff, this adventure in the lost minds of Fandelver. We're going to be streaming that on this Twitch channel that we're going to be launching here late October, early November. Those episodes will be streamed live probably Sunday nights, I think is what we're shooting for. And then they'll go on to YouTube a few days later. So if you want to hang out with us and, and, and look at that, um, feel free. Also, we are 
looking for a couple of more people. We're looking mm-hmm. for a maximum of eight, and I think we have six right now. Um, so if you think that you might want to join us, watch that video and uh, feel free to ping me on Discord or somewhere and let me know um, because we're going to be doing that soon. Um, but yeah, that's that's the short version. Doing a few months to get everybody up to speed on Fantasy Grounds as well as 5th Edition rules, the rule set itself, and then rolling into the Homebrew campaign, which doesn't have an end date in mind. So we're going to be starting that probably March of 2022 is the rough timeline, and then we're just going to be doing a weekly show that just goes on until we decide that we're wrapped. And there's going to be, a, I mean, there's at least a year in the first campaign, if not more. Um, I try not to be too ambitious with it, but I love which I talked to you guys about when we were talking about it originally behind the scenes. One of the things I loved about say critical role, apart from the fact that, you know, they do voice acting and it's all in a studio space, which, which we can't do because it's all remote. But the one thing that they have that most other shows don't have is the longevity. Like the Mm. first season is like 117 episodes or something like that. So that's a cool goal to shoot for. By the way, season three of critical role just, I think just started or it's just starting soon so you can also check that as well but that's what we're doing prepping for that throughout the rest of this month and once we get closer to the end of the month we'll have some promotional material up we'll have some links to this twitch channel and everything else for people to follow along so yeah it'll be fun yep and i posted really it. fun it's gonna be awesome mm-hmm. posted an announcement in my discord as well for anybody in the community so if you're listening to this you're in there you go discord.gg forward slash similar just like my name is spelled on twitch and youtube and everywhere else and just uh jump on in there if you're not already there. Um, but if you are there, um, it's linked in the announcements channel so you can see the video as well as we linked it here on the stream currently. So um, I also want to say thanks, yeah. Vulcan Imp, because um, I know nothing about Fantasy Grounds. I've used Roll20 in the past. Um, I looked at yeah. Foundry VTT. Fantasy Grounds, because they were doing all this promotion for Gen Con this, these past few weeks, mm-hmm. I happened to be watching all their videos and I went, holy shit, their version of things looks amazing because of like all the automated combat and, and the UI looks amazing as well. And I will definitely be hitting you up because um, I know next, I know nothing about it and I'm sure I'm going to have questions. So if you want to drop me a link, um, Vulcan, just, you can send me a PM here on uh, Twitch if you want. Just give me your contact info on Discord or something so that I have a way to communicate with you. And as I have questions, I will reach out and ping you nice. for sure. Yeah, and yeah. keep in mind, too, I know some people, they had their preferences, right? They like virtual tabletop. They like this one or the other. But uh, Renfield kind of also had to approach us in a way where he knows the end goal, which is doing his um, homebrew. So, he, you know, when he was trying to decide what to do, obviously, he had to think of, like, what's best for me to portray my campaign in the best possible way. And he's decided he thinks he can do that best with Fantasy Ground. So I know yeah. there's some people... I just know that's like a like a hot topic, right? Like which one's the best one yeah. to use, right? But I want everybody to know like there's a little bit of thought beyond just D and D he had to put forth here. Yeah, it's about yeah, what's the best um, fit for the 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 longevity of the goal overall. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, right, right. Because Roll Twenty had some cool stuff, but um, we used Roll Twenty for the test sessions. But at the end of the day, I, there was a lot of stuff that I didn't like about Roll Twenty, and and it didn't. Like there was file size limits, even when you're a subscriber, and and I didn't really like the layout of some things and and everything else. And then I haven't even touched Fantasy Grounds. I've just been like 
watching their videos going, okay, this looks really cool. Like, and the fact that you can change the skins of everything and put your own logos on it and all this other stuff. So I was like, for the long term, like you were saying, for the longevity of everything, that looked like the one that I need to learn because it looks like the one that's going to be the coolest for us. It also has, I mean, all of them have a learning curve. That one has probably the biggest learning curve from what I've seen. But that's one of the reasons why we're doing the Lost Minds of Foundelver to get started is because that's a really easy campaign to run. It's like the ultimate starter campaign that doesn't take a lot of brain power to do. And so we can all focus on learning that system as well as learning 5th edition, which I'm still kind of a noob at as well. And then over the course of a few months, we'll get better at it and then roll right into the, the real deal. And a little RP. They, yeah. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to dedicate to my role as much as yeah, I can. Yeah, we've got uh we've got five point five coming soon, guys. Oh, we got five point five on the Yeah, I way. read that. Two thousand twenty four is what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, so we'll have some new books to buy. <laughs> good prep work. It's a good good perfect timing, right? Because twenty twenty two is coming up not too far off, and that's a couple years to it's like two years, two yeah. full years, I think. So yeah. um yeah, it gives us plenty of time to run this campaign until it's done. All right. So, you know, it's been popping off lately, so that's pop popping off, right? Um, I launched. Oh, I launched uh, ESOHQ. I actually launched that. I think since last time. I think it was about a week ago. Was when I officially launched it. There's a lot of pages actually need to be done, um, but I've been pretty happy because um, some people here in, in this community of mine. Um, some buddies, you know, and stuff. There's been a small group that's kind of been gathering around. You know, some people are kind of multitasking. They're playing New World primarily, but they're also kind of like, you know, kind of digging into ESO a little bit. And that one's just like good because you can just jump into that and like you can just take, you could, I could jump in for a couple hours. Like the end of the show today, I'll be on there, probably do some dungeons, do some things, help people learn about the game talk about stuff, you know, get done. You had a good day. I mean, it was actually really rewarding, man. Uh, I, on um, Tuesday, and this, this was just a lot of fun. And, I, you know, as a creator, as a, as a gamer, as like a community leader, this was just all around a really, oh, this is like the stuff I live for, right? When it comes to gaming was, there were a couple people that hadn't, I don't think they had actually done the veteran um, Banished Cells 2. And we did it on hard mode. And actually, we kind of cheese the dungeon sometimes because I've got a lot of CP. You can run your normals pretty easily. But some of the what we call vanilla dungeons, which are the base one base game um, that came out with the game's launch. Um, Banish Cells is like one of the very first ones. If you're in the Aldmeri Dominion specifically, the Undaunted send you to this one to complete your first dungeon uh, at the appropriate level, level 10, right? So... Um, this one's one of the earliest dungeons you have exposure to along with like fungal grotto, fungal grotto and spindle clutch, I believe um, are the three that you get depending on your alliance. That's the one that you kind of get sent to through the Andana quest. So we jump in there and I'm like, we did like a random normal. And then like we, I was like, you know what, let's go ahead and do a pledge. And so we did a pledge for some keys for the Andana keys and jumped in there and it was like uh, Mel myself. So it was Mel, me, and then uh, Cheryl, who's here, and and Hids, I believe, uh, who might be here, but who Hids was also there, and so we like jumped in, and we actually did it with like no, I, I basically was healing, but I was also kind of like we just had Hids like flip the tank roll. It was all four of us. We're all mm -hmm. in the same community. It was a good time, right? So we weren't like screwing anybody over by doing it that way. 
We jumped in there, went through, did the bosses, got up to the last one, and it was pretty tough. Like the Banish Cells 2 on Vet is actually like pretty rough at the end if you're kind of newer to it because he spawns Daedra and they keep coming and you're also like dealing with all the mechanics of like fire on the ground. You got these eyes that spawn randomly. You got to kill or they heal the boss. Like mechanic wise, this is like a, it's a great dungeon and it's one of the first mm -hmm. ones you get. And um, anyway, he summons Daedra every, these Daedra every so often and you don't want too many of them to be there because they will attack and they put a lot of damage, a lot of cone damage. They do like stuns and knockbacks and stuff like that. And he's put fire on the ground and teleporting around. And then you got to kill you got all the stuff going on. And on top of that madness, right on top of all that, we don't have a tank. And he also randomly throws people up in the air, drops you down. And when you get done being kind of floated, essentially he, you got a color on you, a debuff, and you've got to go to the corresponding room on opposite sides. There's a blue and a red room to clear off whatever, you know, whatever d damage he puts on you. And so you've got to, like, do that as you're slowed. All that's going on, right? Dude, no tank. I was healing. I'm calling mechanics. They haven't done it. And I they didn't know I was doing this to them, but I actually, like, did the hard mode version, which is let three <laughs> of the Daedros be alive at the end when you kill the boss. And you get the, you essentially do the hard mode, which is an achievement and gives you an extra undaunted key when you go turn your pledge in. Dude, they literally trial by fire on this and we did it. And it was such a good vibe and it, it felt good. And they were listening in comms. They were just doing exactly what I was telling them to do. They learned the fight. They did it hard mode. Didn't even have a tank. It was like an added bonus. It was just, that was a good vibe, dude. It was good times that was so freaking satisfying of experience so you good just mentioned something when we when we pivot yeah to new world mm -hmm. i have i have a very cool mechanics thing that that is very similar to what you just said that i i want to talk about because those types of experiences when a get when a when the developers create fights like that where the mechanics are so tight where things have to be done just the right way when you finish it is such a, a, a sense of accomplishment that you're never going to get from a tab target, you know, tank no. and spank encounter. Mm -hmm. As fun as a lot of the old school EverQuest stuff was, a lot of it was tank, turn yourself into the corner so that the mob can't knock you back and just keep him facing the corner while the rest of the group gets behind him and hits him. That was like so many fights in that game. Um, it's as much as many good memories as I have of that game that, that, that the mechanics have not aged well. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I agree. Dude. Oh, I'm, I'm okay. Good pivot. Good pivot time to new world. So I have not played. I've watched it through other people's gameplay. <clears throat> I've seen some videos. I've, I've heard people talk about it. I've had some friends send screenshots. I've looked at it. My perspectives, like as someone who's not playing, it still doesn't hit the marker for me that I needed to hit. I still haven't seen anything that makes me want to get drawn in to play it. But man, some of those environment, the lighting, the yeah. sound quality, it's sounds pretty sound good. Quality, sound quality is one of those things. I think I think that game has done sound effects better than any MMORPG you've ever played. Like 
the musket crack and mm. also like when you're mining and like if someone's mm. mining somewhere around you like the echo of the mine pick like off the walls of like canyons and stuff yeah and you can hear mm. trees falling down somewhere and you could turn around and it's like oh it was over there it's in your right ear set and you turn your head and there it is like the sound design mm. It's yeah, so it good. feels like when you're in a forest and you're hearing all these sounds and the way that they echo and the way that it sounds Man. is so it's like it, it helps put you there. Like, yes, I'm in a forest now. Yes, I'm up on top of a mountain now. Um, so, yeah, the 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 and I'll tell you something else. A lot of people aren't talking about because it's so it's so well done and kind of subtle, but also really well done is the actual soundtrack to the music. Yes, is really yes. good, right? Like it's so perfect for the moment of whatever the, the hell is going on or wherever you are. That it's you easy to just not yet? notice. Just the just the first the, one. You know, yeah, even that one. Like yeah, as you get into key sections of that dungeon, the music totally changes, and you're like, <gasps> something's about yeah. to happen. Like yeah. it's it's they've done a very good job. I feel like in that way, it's because I know Final Fantasy 14 does that a lot with. The, the soundtrack changes when you get into trials and stuff. Uh, but also, um, one of the things I've noticed that they've done really well is like magical plants and areas of corruption. And anytime there's like something magical, like you might not see it at first. You'll be running along and you'll start to hear something in one of your I, I wear a headset all the time. So yeah. you'll start to hear something and you're like, oh, there's something around here. I can hear it. I can't see it yet. Mm -hmm. But you can follow the noise. And it'll be like you'll find something like down a little dip and there's like this special life bloom or something or a special mining node that's, you know, uh, source bloom or something. It's so well done. Um, it, oh, yes. Visually, it looks good. Um, mm. And and yes, the sound effects are great. I, I, I do think the one nut that I have to – the one nut, the one bone that I have <laughs> to pick with it, um, I, I think – and this is where I and I, I I think you might have touched on this, Nathan, in one of your videos. The longevity is the thing that I'm concerned about because the questing sucks. Um, it's almost all fetch quests. And while the main storyline, and I know you said this in one of your videos, Nathan, the voice acting is absolutely amazing. Yeah. And what story is there is good. Yeah. But it's not a lot. And you have to do a lot of reading through the books and everything else, and that is not my favorite way of doing things. Um, but the repeatable syndicate quests, I just quit doing them. Like I couldn't, I can't be bothered. Like uh, it's, I can't stand repeatable fetch quests. Um, Can you explain those? Are those the PvP ones? Well, there are PvP okay. ones, and those, then there's yeah. other ones that are just related to your personal faction, and, and... you can use. And the, and also, there's three, right? There's yeah. the two he just mentioned, and there's one just for that area or zone yeah, or what the do they call it? This territory. Uh, territory. Um, so there's three sets of them, but it doesn't matter, right? Because they're all three just helping you get points towards whatever you're doing, but they're all really the same. The only difference I would say is the PvP ones are different because you have to turn on a flag for PvP. And let me just say this, and there's a lot of people don't give a crap about PvP, right? But there's these ones you can do by yourself, right? It's not just go kill a bunch of people. It'll just be like, and and they're super generic, right? But the, but if you're not in the PvP, um, if right. you just do the one, I forget what it's called, but it's like just go scout an area or go get this item and 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 bring it back, dude. That's exciting as hell. Because if you're not a PvP player, all you want to do is avoid all confrontation, sneak in there, get whatever it is, and people know. 
that this is a place people come to do this PvP item. So other factions will be hiding. But this is a game where you can run away. You can get and you can weave into the forest and then they can't line of sight you because they have to aim at you, right? Um, and you can get away. And I'm telling you, I've had some of the most fun PvP moments in this game, not PvPing, but avoiding PvP to live, right? And it, it, that is exciting. Your your butthole's puckered up and you're just like, <laughs> go, go, go. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And you, you're like, I can't look behind me because it'll slow down my run and they might catch me, you know, and you run all the way back to town, people swinging at you, you know, it, it's, that's fun. But you're just going to do the same couple of few things over and over and over and over again. The repetition is a big. Do so you feel like it's already game. there? It's already at the point where it's uh, super repetitive, or at max level, or yeah. play? the quest. Yeah, the quests can mm, be. Um, however, I feel like you can, like the syndicate ones that are just to earn points for the syndicate faction, so you can buy the syndicate faction gear. I just kind of gave up on those because I got really tired because they're just rinse and repeat. But yeah. if you want an easy way to get a good set of gear. You can do those for two or three days. Boom, you've got a nice set of gear. So it's kind of it's worthwhile to do it. But those type of quests drive me nuts. Super grindy. I, yeah. I mm -hmm. will say the one thing that shines for me, the harvesting and crafting is some of the most. And I left your video the other day, Nathan. Like things yeah. I want to do, and then when I log in, what I actually do is I just <laughs> right. get oh, sidetracked yeah. <laughs> with logging and mining because it's good. so true. Like this morning, I I, I was like, I'm gonna log in for thirty minutes. And I'm going to do a few quests because I wanted to get to level 28. And I was like, I'm going to do that. And the next thing I know, it, three hours had gone by because I got back from the doctor and it was like, I'm going to play for 30 minutes. And then three hours later, and I had literally, my bags were, I was completely overweight and I was wanting to recall back to town. I'm like, shit, I got to drop some stuff because yeah. I can't fast travel. And it was like, you just got so sidetracked, excuse me, with, um, with harvesting. But I will say, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about the dungeons really quick because I've only run the first one, but. When you were talking about the mechanics in ESO, I have never played a game where the first dungeon hmm. had an end boss that was so complex. Like yeah. the first, the first few bosses in that first dungeon, it's it's mostly just tank and spank. It's not a big deal, but then you get to the end boss, and it's like everything goes from like level eight and it gets turned up to 11 and it was just like, yeah. Oh, what the fuck just happened? Like <laughs> we just wiped like, and there's multiple layers to that account. So the first time nice. I did the dungeon and if anybody's watching, I'm going to spoil this. So spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, the first time we went in, we had an actual sword and board and it was a very easy encounter. The sword and board just kept the mob moving. We burned the ads down as they spawned, burned the guy. And then we were done. Literally the first time I went in, it was a, we were done in like 30 minutes. It never wiped or anything. Second time we went in. Um, and this is with, I forget his Nimue or Nume or some other people who oh, yeah. were like officers in the guild. Right. So we went in there and we didn't have a tank. So he had a shield or he had a spear, excuse me. So he just put some threat, gems on his spear and he was our tank oh shit and we, had, we did have a healer right but it was all just dps and so we got to the end boss and it was like how the fuck are we going to do this so then it was a matter of well we need to figure out what the actual what's going on in this encounter and we could we we figured some of it out and then somebody came in our group and was hanging out with us and explained more to it and once we understood it it was like oh well hang on let's let's strategize this so what happens during the fight, and I got to, again, spoiler alert, but this is really cool in terms of the mechanics that they put in place. 
So the boss mob, what he does is he will spawn three ads every once in a while during the fight. As soon as you burn down one of the ads or whatever, he'll spawn more. Um, so you, you can't you can't like kill two of the ads and leave one up at just minimum health because he'll automatically spawn more. So you just have to burn them down as they come. Now the key to this is that in between spawning ads, he will vomit on the floor. And when he vomits on the floor, if the mobs are within a certain distance, if the ads are within a certain distance, they will run to the vomit. They will eat the vomit, become enraged, oh, and start doing way more damage than they normally do. Oh, nice. So you have to try to take them out. And then if you don't kill the ads in time, he will eat the ads and himself become enraged oh, and shit. heal himself. So there's all these things going on. So the strategy we ultimately devised nice. was after, and it took us three times we died. Uh, it was a very momentous thing when it finally happened because the final strategy was okay, look, Hank, go over there. You know, when the ads spawn, because I play Ice Gauntlet with a rapier backup, it's like I'll drop an AoE ice directly on top of him, which is going to pull the aggro from all of the ads. And then I'm going to run the ads all the way across the room. And I'm going to try to stay as far away as I can so that they will run for me. You know, I'll run in, drop the AoE run back we'll kill the ads over here and hopefully they won't run for the vomit and of course every once in a while they're too close and they'll run for it and you got to run in and kill them and then back away again and this is like you know 10 15 minute fight every single for a first dungeon you ever go into you have a 10 to 15 minute long boss fight which is like raid level type encounter it was it was so intense. We all got done and we finally killed after the third time. And we we had like this ten minute celebratory thing mm. in Discord where we're all just like shouting and patting each other on the back and like this is so cool. Like we haven't felt challenged in such a long time in an MMO. Like they, based on what I've seen from that, at least that first dungeon was really well done in terms of the challenge rating of that final boss. And I have heard, not seen, because I I almost. 29 i'm like halfway through 28 so i get i think the next dungeon is 35 so you got to go yeah. another 10 levels before you can even get to the next dungeon um but that that first dungeon was the mechanics on that boss fight were so cool i was just like literally kind of sitting there going man games have come so far in the 20 plus years since i started playing mmrpgs because thinking back to like you know everquest one you know even runes of kunark you know uh, the mm -hmm. Kunark expansion, boss mobs didn't do that many things, you know. Yeah, it was fairly rudimentary in terms of stuff. And now, yeah, because they they felt like back then the big challenge was just getting that many numbers. people together to do it, right? And yeah. then, you know, it was and everything was in its infancy. You know, everything was much harder then because we didn't, you know, there wasn't all this theory crafting didn't exist mm -hmm. yet, and you know all this kind of thing. So. Uh, but I, I will I will say this about New World in 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 overall, right? I kind of felt this way after probably my first fifteen hours. Now I'm somewhere roughly forty to fifty hours. I'd have to look at my Steam to see. Um, but I here's what it is. Here's 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 New World in a nutshell. It feels good, right? Everything to me feels good i think the combat it's not complex but it feels good right uh the the everything about it like the dungeons they're they're not the best dungeons i've ever seen but they're really cool and they feel really good and what it is is realistically uh that we just haven't had a triple a mmo in a really long time yep uh we've had some crap or some half-assed or some you know 
Korean or some, uh, you know, we converted it uh, from a freaking mobile game. We just had a lot of just bull crap, man. And this is a AAA MMORPG. And it's been, I don't know, what was Final Fantasy fourteen or uh, Elder Scrolls Online maybe? Actually, I think it, that came out after fourteen Realm Reborn. So mm. maybe ESO was the last one maybe? It was a triple A. I mean, it's been yeah. a long time. I think Seven, it was. eight years. Yeah. It's been eight years. Yeah. So it just feels good that it's a new, fresh thing. You got you got people running around learning the game. You're, you know, it it just feels good. And honestly, absolutely uh, this sounds bad because New World is a pretty damn good game. And Amazon's put a lot of polish on it since beta. I hated the game. I would, you know, I, I did not enjoy it at all in beta. Um, so they've done a lot, but in all seriousness, any company could have made a really polished, good MMO, and we would be yeah. having a lot of fun playing yeah. it right now, right? So this is just what we have right now. It wasn't a high bar that they had. There. Right, right. Yeah. It wasn't like <laughs> back in 2004 releasing a, an MMO, right, when World of Warcraft just hit the scene, and now this bar is like confusingly high and, and different than what we thought the expectations were. So – it's it, we live in a different time, and and on top of that, uh, over the past couple of years, let's be honest, the world's been a really crazy place, and uh, yeah. uh, this was a good time for the MMO to come out uh, with like a breath of fresh air that we can all jump in and 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 have fun together. So, I haven't done a full review of it yet because I, I did a I did my impressions video a few days ago, and I think in that video I said I I would give it like a seven out of ten in terms of it's fun. I still have serious doubts about the longevity of it. I dislike the quests. I, I feel like the story is a little weak. I wish there was more to it. But all of what Nathan just said helps get it to that seven because it's polished. It feels good. It's fun. Visually, it's stunning. Those sound effects are good. And it's just like the first AAA thing we've had in so long that's not a piece of shit that it's kind of like you're looking <laughs> at it going – this is really fun, you know, and it might wear off in a couple of months, you know, but yeah, it might, cares, it, you know? but it might not. It's hard to say that now, but yeah. I, I do think I like that you said, you know, it's not a piece of shit because every MMO that's come out for since ESO, right? To be honest with you, I want to like it because it's the new MMO. So I'm just like, no, it's not that bad. It's not that. Oh, that's, uh, oh, that's okay. <laughs> Oh God, that's really bad. It's okay though. I'm gonna have Man, fun. Listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have fun. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be a good time. Look, look, <laughs> listen, listen. I got, I gotta say this, and I gotta reflect on what a fellow community member has clearly voiced recently, and that's it might be good, but it ain't no dream world, guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's no dream world. It is, but, you know, it's just Amazon made it though, guys. I mean, come on, give them a break. It's just Amazon, right? Yeah, like, this is the best they could do. This isn't uh, the genius, uh, the genius level of uh, whatever that dude's name. Yeah, was. I mean, Dream World. I mean, come on, man. You got to make. You got look. You got a game that's I, and then you got a game that is literally your dream come true. The best, best thing. <laughs> the best MMO. Come, come on, time, right? come on, guys. Come on. How you keep? How do you compare to that? <laughs> really. Anybody seen footage of that shit show lately? <laughs> like, I watched. I watched the one from like a week ago or whatever, where they they've added a bunch of new assets and. Oh, and, I'll have to check that uh, out. Good. I needed something to rant about. It it, it 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 it's still a shit show. Yeah, I figured it would be. You know what though? Um, I look. I I have seen some good, like screenshots of that game looking really good and by i'm not talking about dream world because that would be a fucking joke you guys would be laughing if you thought i was actually talking about that talk about new world 
I I just can't get into it, man. Like, yeah, it, I, I can I can see that. I I'm can totally still, see that. Yeah, I just and don't, I'm still FYI. Nothing, I'm not like I gotta be like, oh shit, this I kind of want to. I, I want to get it. it. I it right. just hasn't happened, and I. It sucks though, because like, damn, it, it looks those screenshots look. And it might never because I'll be honest good, with you, dude. like Final Fantasy fourteen for me, even I'm playing it because you guys convinced me to to that the story is good, and so yeah. I'm I, I'm focused on it for that reason. I have a, I'm not a big fan of the, and I one of your community members, the one who said it to me one time when I was streaming, they were like, it's the weebiness, and I went, holy <laughs> shit, that's it, that's it's uh. the weebiness of Final Fantasy fourteen is what makes me not like it, and if the two of you mixed with like a couple of my other friends hadn't like kept going on and on about how good the story was, I never would have given it another shot to be honest with you because that art style and that whole and I've joked about it on the show the. And when the little mushroom turnip characters like put one leg in the air and are like, ah, like that kind of stuff <laughs> drives me up the wall because it's not, I don't want that. I like the Western yeah. fantasy ESO type art and yeah. storylines. And, 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 and so do I, right? So do I. But I also grew up playing Final Fantasy sure. all the way up yeah. through the iterations. And I watched anime when I was young. You know, I thought Dragon Ball Z was pretty freaking sweet. You know, uh, so the weeb has no effect on me, right? Like it just, <laughs> it just passes right the through me. It doesn't, I'm immune. used to it. I, I see it and I'm just like, yep, that's Dude, normal. You know, like it weeb. doesn't, it just, it just has no effect on me. It doesn't make me want to wear cat oh ears. God, uh, and it also doesn't make me cringe. It's just, I just accept that's the way they do things uh, in that part of the world, and it just goes right through me. It's no effect. Dude. I've gotten better at ignoring it now, um, especially yeah. once they introduced me to dragons in Heaven's Ward, because yeah. that, shift, huh? I'm all yeah, and I'm always gonna love dragons. Like dragons are always gonna be cool. I yeah. don't care where they come from, no. and the dragons so far in Heaven's Ward have been really cool. Oh, boy. Um, and Ooh. I'm I'm not I'm only you know thirty hours in or whatever oh. to the the expansion now. So oh, wait till you get to the um, end of it. Fuck. Oh, it's so good, Fuck. dude. Woo. Oh, damn, it's tasty. good. It tasty. really is, tasty. dude. It's ho- It's it so is. good because we love dragons, right? That yeah. as you move forward, you kind of are like, oh man, I kind of like the dragons. Can we go back to them? Because <laughs> it's so good for people. It's I, true, I think too, everybody yeah. probably here loves dragons, right? Yeah. Chase the dragon, baby. You know, you know what though, man, yeah. I, I believe new world was going to deliver on, you know, overall, I think the queue times was something that people were, you know, kind of dig in. They weren't digging like the mail thing. You can't really mail like you can yeah, traditionally, a little, a little bizarre, which yeah. I, I found there's, it bizarre too. Yeah. But there's a lot of bizarre things, right? When you're playing the game and uh, I can't, I haven't really made a list, but there's a lot of times you're playing the game. You're like, I mean, have these guys, these guys played MMOs before, right? Like this is pretty common thing here that seems to be missing or done in a little bit of an awkward way um there's been a few times where i'm like what like this is Mm. pretty common stuff here uh but um i'll I'll have to get a list together as i'm playing of those kind of things but i've noticed a few little hiccups where it's like it's that disconnect you get like kind of if uh if you guys have a a friend who's a nintendo only kind of person to this day um, they have this weird outlook on things, right? Where it's like, dude, you do realize we've been doing that for 20 years, right? Like, they'll be like, dude, I can voice chat, and it's pretty freaking sweet. I was, I was playing online with a friend on the freaking internet, and we were talking to each other. It's like, bro, like, that was exciting in 1999 to me. 
You know what I mean? It's that weird kind of disconnect where it's like, where have you been? How did you not know? You that, that. That's, to- that's totally normal, right? Like you also just you just reminded <laughs> me one of the coolest experiences I could remember back in the day before everyone was a nerd and into gaming, right? Mm-hmm. Was probably circa 2000, 2001. I've been playing EverQuest for a year or two. I was heavy into it and I was still working construction. I think that it had to it was before I had branched out on my own, so I had to have been like 19 or 20. So the game had just come out, 99, 2000 in that era. And I remember we were on a job site and the Sparkies were in the room. The electricians were there and um, we were just talking about stuff. And and somehow we got on the topic of games and I mentioned EverQuest and both of the electricians were like, oh, yeah, dude, we play on this server and we've got we play together. I've got a Dwarven Cleric and he's got a Dwarven Warrior and none of us got any work done Damn. because we literally spent like the next four hours talking about like it, about all of our experiences in EverQuest mm-hmm. and then the next thing you know it's like 3 30 and it's like oh crap we're like we didn't get anything done <laughs> that day it's like we're gonna be a deep shit tomorrow but right. it was the coolest experience because at that point in time no one i knew played ever like literally no one in my circle played EverQuest, and so to meet other people who played it was the coolest thing ever and then my friend James, who is so funny because he actually commented on my on my YouTube, one of my YouTube videos today, and I haven't talked to him in a little while because he dropped he decided to quit social media about a year and a half ago. I met him when I was living in Colorado, him and his wife. This is before they had kids, you know, 20 years ago now. Um, met them when they were living in Colorado. He was working for IBM and he lived about two hours away from me, but we played and we happened to be in the same guild. It was purely by chance. Same guild, same server, happened to live in the same state. And we started meeting up every Tuesdays in Loveland, Colorado, um, at this place called McGrath's, which is still around. I went there with my sister uh, a couple of years back. It was like amazing wood-fired pizzas and and beers on tap and Fort Collins right there up the road has some amazing breweries. But it was just a cool thing where we met these people in game. You know, and then ended up meeting up every Tuesday and having beers and pizzas and fries and stuff, and then and then go on to play EverQuest together for years. You know, and then continuing to to know those people as their kids have grown up and and game with them in other places. It's 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 the coolest experience to me. Um, yeah, to think about. Sorry, I got sidetracked. I, I remember, you know, EverQuest wasn't like it was one of those things you 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 didn't talk about to everybody. You know what I mean? It was like. Uh, for one thing it took too long to even explain what the hell you were trying to talk about and number two most people didn't care right um but but i remember i remember trying to explain right what i was doing right because it would be like like dude what if where have you been right like you vanished like you work and then what the hell are you doing right and it's like so i had to explain like all right guys listen playing this game right <laughs> and it's online and it's with real it's real people and and you know uh you know it's it's it takes a lot of time and uh you know and all of my free time is kind of getting sapped away here so uh you know that's why i'm not out at the bar and i'm not you know running around uh chasing women etc that all you guys are still into i'm i'm pretty pretty focused on uh trying to get to max level here you know and uh it was my it, alternate persona, damn it. <laughs> it was a it was a magical time, dude. And we'll yeah. never recapture that, right? Like that's gone because playing online is just totally normal, right? Except for, for Nintendo people who are just now really learning that. <laughs> like where, where are you at even? Like, what are you doing with your life? You weren't here. Yeah. You weren't yeah. Here. 
You're like, here with why, us. Yeah, why, why aren't you ever coming out anymore? You haven't had a girlfriend in two years. What's up? What's like, wrong? Hey, bro. What's wrong with you? I'm leveling up, man. You had to check your priorities, okay? <laughs> like, you got a game more. You know what, man? So, got some new world perspectives for sure. Uh, talking about Delta Scrolls Online a bunch. We've, we've chatted about that. Played, talked about Fortnite. Talked about some of the, you know, other games that are out there. Talk about a little bit of news, man. So we got a few here, and all these were dropped by Renfell in the past like week or so since our last. We we obviously I we think missed most last of them were week. From last week, yeah. Yeah, they're they're a little little old, but we haven't talked about them here. One of them was NFT buyers scammed as creator bells. That was actually yesterday or the day before. This one, yeah, yeah, this is the newest one, right? So I'm gonna link the link here in chat so you all can kind of see it. Um now this was interesting. I felt this specific part to the beginning of this uh, article on Kotaku. While NFTs are themselves one giant scam. Okay. There's room for lesser scams within the whole, and this week has provided us with one of the funniest examples to date. I don't know. Do you think that NFTs themselves are a scam? I think that yeah. any market that's unregulated um, is open to people who will prey on other individuals. And I want, I want to say this because um, I, I just rebooted. Um, I mean, I started the fourth season of um, Mondays and MRPGs again recently, and I'm just doing it as a solo show for the moment. And episode 45 of the other day, I actually touched on this very briefly because there are some success stories with NFTs and blockchain games, but there's also a lot of stuff like this. And the problem is it's unregulated. And I'm not going to mention any names, although some of you might know who I'm talking about. Um, but I recently had a, a discussion with somebody who's building an up and coming, up and coming MMORPG who wanted to do something with NFTs and blockchains. And one of the things that drove me nuts during that discussion was them recognizing that I can't take my game to Kickstarter because I'm not going to make any money on Kickstarter because no one trusts MMORPGs on Kickstarters. So yeah, I'm going to go do NFTs sadly. instead because then I can make money. I can get money from people through NFTs and that's how I can fund my game. And I'm like, you got it all backwards, dude. You got to build the game first. And if it's good enough, then you get funding, whether it's from publishers or Kickstarter or other. But just deciding to do NFTs because you view it as a way to get funding, that's fucked up. And that's one of the problems with the NFT scenario right now is so many people are looking at it as a get-rich-quick scenario yes. because there is no regulation. And in this case, I actually read a follow-up article to this that was not a gaming news website, but just a regular news website in the UK because all of this is going down in the UK. Um, from a legal perspective – no laws were broken because there is no regulation about NFTs. What happened was because here's the thing everybody who paid for the NFTs, they got their NFTs. Right. However, mm -hmm. however, the video game part that everyone was told that was going to be following after the NFTs is no longer in play because the guy who created the project bailed and took the wallet with him with no. two point whatever million dollars worth of Ether coins or whatever they're called in it. And the website no longer exists. The Twitter no longer exists. Everything else. So from a legal perspective, the authorities in the UK are saying, yeah, it's scammy as shit. But here's the thing. Everyone who paid for something got, got something. something back. Therefore, from a consumer perspective, 
you can't pursue fraud charges because you got what you paid for. You paid for an NFT and you got it. Got it. The scamming part was the artist who created the NFTs didn't get payment for his work creating the NFTs and the creator just bailed and and apparently now no game is going to be taking place and it's only yeah. going to be the NFTs. He made his 2. Point whatever million dollars. 2.7, yeah. And vanished off the face of the earth. That exists. Those sort of things exist because there is no regulation yeah. in place and it's the wild west. So yeah. in the wild west, you have cutthroat shit like this that can and will happen. And I know I have people that I know who will vehemently defend NFTs and say, no, they are absolutely, um, you know, legitimate. Look at these companies that have had success stories. And I will always counter that by saying, yes, there have been counter, there have been success stories. Absolutely. Can't deny that. Absolutely. But for every success story, there is an equally scammy, shitty story of someone robbing someone and disappearing into the void with a bunch of shit that doesn't exist and isn't regulated so mm. i look at it and say is it a scam by default no but because it's unregulated yeah mm, yeah too much yeah. bad stuff can go wrong. i mean let, let's let i like to put it this way have there been success stories on people whose relative passes away and they didn't even know they existed and they inherit a castle in europe right yeah it's happened right there's some examples of almost anything right mm -hmm. but the, the core of this silliness, in my opinion, is because now we're, we're evolving into an acceptable digital age, right? And in some, and, and I'll admit that in some facets of that, I am even a part of, right? I buy most of my games digitally now, um, you know, especially since COVID. That really just made me go really big on digital, right? Number two, I just, I like having physical items, right? I like having the physical game, but I don't like storing it. Right. Like, I really don't. I, I know some people, they have the fun with the putting it up on display. I don't. I don't. That's not fun to me. That's annoying. Right. Um, so but anyway, we, we've moved into this digital age where it's like. You know, it's, it's gotten to the point of absurdity, right? Just like everything, uh, people take it to a point of absurdity. And I feel like that's where we're at, because I saw a funny meme. And I think this really uh, sums it all up where it said something to the effect of, um, yeah, uh, I have. Uh, seven million dollars worth of nfts uh by hacking using the good old hacking tool of right click save as right and it's like you know that's true they have it saved on their computer it might as well belong to them you know what i mean like they can look at it whenever they want they can print it in their personal office or whatever it's just like that that, that image just because you bought it with the nft it doesn't belong to you and even if it does most most of these are so dumb. Like, who cares, right? Like, those images they were selling for that one that, that pulled the rug out and ran away, they were, like, shitty on purpose. You know what I mean? They were, like, crappy, shitty, like like they were taking a picture of Sasquatch or something. You know what huh. I mean? Like, it was so bad. So I, just like the Bitcoins, just like all that garbage, I think all that is just stupid. <laughs> I think it's stupidity. We've... We've reached a point of maximum stupidity, almost. Uh, there's, we could get a little dumber, but not much, right? We're pretty, pretty close to the bottom of the barrel here uh, on on intelligence. I feel like, dude, like this this whole thing that like this whole push with NFTs lately. Like, I don't, I don't really get like why. 
like okay i no, okay fine i'm gonna throw that off the side okay i personally don't really see the point in it i'm just gonna put it like that i feel like there's better ways of doing it than doing it like that if you want to get if you want an asset of some kind like you just buy it with normal money lower people can put up stores and they can sell the art or whatever like right so this just breeds potential problems that we're seeing here is my perspective but you take this and you go when you see games that are potentially like it we're just just let's just wait for the day that a game decides to do something like this right it's just a matter of time we're already doing it with assets that are used in games you're you're literally just talking like you're we're right at the cusp of where now we're going to have games that are going to launch with you know pay with crypto purchase nfts do all this different stuff let's get rich quick i i'm calling it now it's going to be the next scam starter thing yeah it's just well, it a, already is to some yeah, degree because yeah that 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 discussion that i had with that individual recently a couple yeah. months back it threw me for a loop because i was like it was literally that person saying i know that i can't get money from kickstarter because i don't have anything but i know i can get money from nfts so i'm gonna do that and it's like what happened to building a product that's good enough to generate interest and get money that way like what where is that shift gone from instead of creating something first I want to make an idea that's good enough that I can get a bunch of people to give me money for it and then I'll do it. It's like, I mean, that kind of has always existed, but in a traditional sense, if I go to the bank with a business plan and I want to get the bank to give me money, mm-hmm. they're going to ask for something as mm-hmm. collateral for that. Mm-hmm. And that's just how that works. They may give you the money based on the strength of your business plan, but you have to have a business plan with some sort of collateral behind it. And if you're going to investors, the same thing, you have to have a prototype, which is the collateral, so to speak, to show them to prove that you actually have something that's Mm. gonna function. And more importantly, they're gonna want ownership or profit shares in exchange for giving you money. There is a give and take, and there should be a give and take in that scenario. And I feel like with NFTs, everyone's trying to say, we don't need the give and take anymore. Everyone wins. Here, you win. I win. We're all going to win. We're all going to share ownership, and it's going to be this magical utopia where everyone's going to get rich together. And it's like, no. it's, it's it sounds great. It yeah. does sound amazing. But the reality is that guys like this mm. are going to take 2.7 million dollars and they're going to disappear into the void with the poor losers and suckers who put in a bunch of money into this thing believing in the vision of this individual who sold them on smoke and mirrors because they were a good snake oil salesman and disappeared into the void and until we can curb that type of behavior it's just too risky for me. It's not that I don't necessarily, I mean, I'm on the same boat of it's too new for me to really buy into it, but it's not that I don't believe in it. It's just like, as an example, regulation, um, man. it's the regulation thing. So Dogecoin was the other thing. What was the other one? The Shih Tzu Shinu, coin or whatever. Nibu. Right. Shinu, so yesterday, yeah. yesterday, Elon Musk makes a tweet That's about three his days. dog. It's three days of it chains. A- it's been chained for three days. He did it on Monday and then the okay. next two days, the Shinu Ibu announced uh, being yeah. it being taken. Today it's dropping like a lot, but yeah, but it's, it was just the example is that it was a tweet that really launched it. And yeah, it's like he yeah. made a tweet about his fucking dog, and this this currency blows up. And that's the thing I hate about crypto is that Elon Musk can fart, and it can 
blow up or or in in both ways it can blow up in a good way or blow up in a bad way because there's no stability to mm-hmm. these things and no regulation in place to keep them from fluctuating. And I know a lot of people like to look at the fiat and say, oh, yes, but, you know, governments manipulate currencies just as much. Yes. Not the same but thing, though, at man. at the very least, it's, there is regulation on the global market. Yeah. Um, to where the, 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 we, we can't – traditionally, you're not going to see a currency blow up in one way or the other that bad unless it's like – you know, something like when the when the Greek economy went belly up, you know, 10 years ago or whatever it was, and there was a run on the banks and all the banks shut down. People couldn't draw out their money and they just tanked, you know, and their economy yeah. it was really bad. This is like a decade ago, I think now. Um, and of course, the euro suffered because of that. Um, but those types of scenarios, I mean, something has to go bad on a national or international level for the f- for the currencies of the fiat of the of the established currencies to go bad whereas with crypto one guy can make a tweet and you know i yeah. just can't i can't get involved with that and and i think you brought up a good point you're talking about when you're trying to go get a loan for to do something right to start a small business or what have you because so the the thing the big missing part here for these scam starter mmos or whatever it may be is that there needs to be Honestly, even for an honest person who wants to do something, right, who wants to make a product, there has to be some kind of investment, right? Could be personal, right? It could just be we're a small team and as a whole, we're all invested in this because we all are doing, we're going to try to make a living out of it, right? So we're invested in ourselves into it, mm. right? But there has to be an investment of some sort, right? Uh, something that affects you right like you nobody even it's not always true but nine out of ten times even a good honest person that wants to do something is just handed right the money to do it right and they haven't personally had to invest anything into it Uh, time energy nothing they just had an idea and they're handed the money with no repercussions disaster man it's you're not it's not good for you the the creative person who wants to get it done there is in my opinion like here's a good example i know i'm not the only one like this right if i don't borrow games right the reason why is if i didn't buy the game and somebody just hands it to me it's not mine for some reason, I just I'm not even going to get into it. I have to, I have to make some kind of investment to enjoy a product. I really do. That's why I have a hard time with free to play. Right? Uh, there's just something about when you've invested something into it that it has meaning and purpose, and you're focused, and you and you have a goal in mind, and it and it and, and you are driven to get there. You have the uh, engagement on whatever the project is to get done, and all these silly things there's they don't have that and therefore it just can't be that great right it's it just can't be you you just said something and this is not a gaming related thing but i and i don't get along with my father that well but the one thing i did learn from him from a business perspective because he is a very successful business owner and rancher and etc i grew up on a dairy farm and he always had the ranch farm and then a construction company as a third. I was a third generation ceramic tile and natural stone contractor for 20 years before I got into writing as a career like 13, 14 years ago. And I started off totally would not fly in today's environment, uh, but I started off on job sites at five years old, sweeping floors, 
like literally we called it a foxtail. It's a little handheld broom. And mm. I would go in front of my dad and I would sweep the floor so that he could lay tile and I would mix the thin set. And I would, um, you know, that's what I did take out trash, throw it in the dumpster. And then I, as I grew up, I started learning how to make cuts on the, on the wet saw. And then I started learning how to, how to measure cuts and cut the cutting board. Then I learned how to use an angle grinder and a cup wheel grinder. And, you know, the skills build as you get older over time. And by the time I got into my early twenties and I launched my own company and had my own employees at 21, I had built up already by that point, 15 years of experience Mm. where everything was layered. Whereas if you get a situation where it's nepotism, as an example, um, daddy owns the company and, you know, son, daughter, whatever becomes 18 and they throw that kid in the mix and say, he's the new boss. And that person has never done anything related to that company. They're going to ruin things because they don't know what they're talking about. And I, I hopefully I'm making that make sense because I feel like that's kind of what you were talking about, Nathan, in the sense that if you haven't done it from the beginning and you're just thrown into it or you're given the money, you're given that opportunity you're not going to know what to do with it, and more than likely, you're going to run it into the ground. Not necessarily every time. You might get lucky. You might have some sort of smarts that help you get there. But there is something to be said from doing the blood, sweat, and tears and building up because you also know how to do everything, and so you're invested in it on a personal level. Actually, this this is this actually is a good time. We had a one of the investor groups that we were bringing on board with Stormhaven Studios a couple years back for Saga Leucemia. When we had the meeting with the investors, that was one of the the conversation points was they were really impressed that the founder of the company, who was me, had spent not – this is what they said. It wasn't just the fact that I was running all of that. It was the fact that I was also in the game engine building the game and not just like managing people. And the thing that really impressed them was the fact that I was running the gaming community on top of that, because they said you're invested with your customer base, not just with the the money that's coming into the company. So you're doing the engine, you're helping build the game, you're putting in all that equity there, but you're also putting in equity with the people and building up community. Equity counts. Like yeah. it doesn't matter if you're talking to a bank or investors or whatever. Sorry, I got off on a tangent there. Um, okay. but I love what you're saying. I love point. what you're saying there about equity. Equity needs yes. to be in the project. And and Stephen from um, uh, yeah, it's a good example. Yeah, he just put obviously, you know, his, his whole thing was personal money. I'm backing Crash Ashes of Creation. Like that is equity. Like that is something that people can look at and go, hey, whether it's blood, sweat, and tears or cash equity, you have put something in. You have something that puts you on the line. Yeah, right. Um, it makes it personal. It makes it to where it's like, hey, obviously. Uh, the biggest person that would suffer if I don't get go through with this is me, you know? So it's like, it's easier to get behind that. It's easier to, to respect that. And also, even though it, you know, it sounds sort of silly to say it actually helps him and fuel him to do a good job and to make it really high quality, not just because it's his name, but also because it's his freaking money, you know? Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think investing into your product, is and and that doesn't always mean money, right? That could be a ton of time. That could be, uh, you know, it could be many things. But there needs to be some sort of investment in it. Or I just it's soulless 
and the product will be soulless when it releases or and you I, get it. I think that's where I have the disconnect with NFTs and cryptos because I don't see any of that happening because everyone's like, well, we're going to pass the buck on to the customer. We want you to make all of that investment. We want you to put all the equity in and we'll all share in it together. It's, it's, mm. it's a utopian dream, which sounds good. But until there's regulation in place, I'm just ah, it scares the yeah, shit out of me. Yeah, it's it's kind of like uh, this didn't last long, but there was a tiny little sliver of time. There was this thing where it's like, hey, join our club, right? And I'm I'm probably getting things a little twisted, right? It's a long time ago, but something like join our club. It costs ten dollars a month, right? We get to X amount of members, and every month we give a million dollars to one of you, right? Uh, also comes with a contract that you have to continue your subscription for X amount of years, right? And and if you pay, if you're smart and you pay attention, you're like, I'm spending a million dollars to one day get a million dollars, right? And it's like it's just stretched out, right? So who's really who's really winning here, right? Like it's it's silly. Amway, so. that's the one. Amway <laughs> it was one of the groups I remember my parents talking about when I was growing up because they they had they knew people that tried to get them into Amway, and Amway was one of those type of pyramid thing right like right everybody pays a membership and you have affiliate which affiliate sales can work mm-hmm. they can but they can also be super scammy mm-hmm. yeah um, and they tend to they tend to slowly get scammier over time yeah. you know they tend to start out fairly not too too bad and kind of you know no this is great and then it's like you know uh, wait a minute here um here uh, here wait, uh, oh wait that's Next a thing you know, we're, we're in mad off territory <laughs> dude like you know, it, when you all were talking about kickstarting and uh, the the people who are invested, right? I, I I'm not saying any other MMO on Kickstarter is, has not done this. The last MMO that I I didn't I haven't kickstarted started a lot of games like just a couple maybe two three at the most and, and the only one I've made a significant investment with is Ashes of Creation. Right. But that's that's also what that felt like. That's what it feel. That was the cool part for me as helping to kickstart part of Ash's momentum was I felt invested. I feel like things are at stake a bit for me. Sure. Being a content creator ties into that as well. But I did feel that there was a sense of synergy between like a level of appreciation and investment that was reciprocal between the development team and the, and the community that helped to kickstart that, that sense of investment. Right. And like something being at stake, I feel it very much on both sides and it feels very, it feels very reciprocal and it does feel that it feeds into one and the other for me as a community member, as a content creator, as someone who sits in on these, we have these PI meetings, right. That are, it's privileged information. It's under NDA. It's something that you get for a certain tier for backing the game. It has happened every single month since it launched and it's been there like clockwork. Right. And there are things that we get to see. There are things we get to know about that it's under NDA that we can't talk about. Those things exist and it feels very reciprocal in regard. And it doesn't just feel reciprocal just for that group or above that, the really big, you know, big ballers, so to speak. But it's felt very reciprocal, even down to the people who were just, you know, $50 Kickstarter people. I, I always got that sense of it in the live streams and the interaction on forums and the interaction on Discord um, in, in community conversations. Like 
it feels very much there. And this is what I don't feel like I have seen in so many of these scam starters. Like, it's very obvious when there's like, I we want you to give us money versus we want you to be a part of this and see how we're invested in this. Steven was a great example because he did put a lot on the line himself. Yeah. And a lot of community members did too. And you definitely, it feels very reciprocal. That is what you don't see with a scam starter, in my opinion. The ones that view like, they seem like scams. It feels yeah, very much, wrong. it feels very much, doesn't it? About like, here, here's me, the camp campaign. We need this to keep going. We need this, but this is what we need from you. You don't see that reciprocity element there. So. Yeah, it's, it's all about, we need the money. Yeah and let's help us make money they throw mm -hmm. the fomo in there yep and, and yeah yep. you know help us you know you could be a part of this and um yeah that's unfortunate i'm realizing we're at a good hour and a half of the show the rants definitely are plentiful today and and a lot of conversation pieces that i think we were all very passionate about as well i'm gonna hit on a couple of things and there is a there is i'm gonna say like earlier on we're like what have you been up to i got a video going live today so i'm tribalism and gaming i'm gonna throw it up it's a few minutes long let that be your preemptive strike friends on what the hell we're talking about next week i've decided i'm gonna push that on over there's a good chance i could have a lot more to say about it next week but it's something i'm finding myself very passionate about is the tribalism and gaming and how toxic it seems to me it, it to some degree it's always existed but I, it's yeah. definitely gotten worse over more prevalent time. i can remember when raiding first became a thing in EverQuest 1, uh, I was on the Moral Fool server, and the big raid guild on our server was Fury's Edge. And um, it was next to impossible to get into that guild because the level of elitism, be because they were playing at a different level than everyone else. And some people would look on with jealousy, other people would look on with admiration. Um, but regardless of what side of the fence you were on, it was this mm. group of people who then became very in, very in love with themselves because they became the celebrities of the server. And it brought out the worst in a lot of those guild members, not all of them, but they became a guild that was known for not only being the number one guild in the server, but they were a number one guild in the server because they were a bunch of fucking pricks. Yeah. And that's not to say that all raiding guilds are like that, but I can remember all the way back in Kunark, you know, 2000, 2001, that's 20 years ago now. And that already, that sense of tribalism had already started to develop in games. And it's just, I saw, I, I remember I got banned, actually, believe it or not, um, off of the uh, European, the Laureland server forums for Lord of the Rings Online. Back in the day when they used to have the European servers managed by Codemasters, and this has been 2009, 2010, somewhere around in there, because there was a group of hardcore role players on that server who were purposefully petitioning name changes for people whose names weren't elvish enough or weren't dwarvish enough because they were ruining the RP on our servers. And I came on yeah. the server forums and I made a post about – and I used – I used language that was very not 
nice at the time because it was right after 9-11. So I was saying, you guys are acting like terrorists. Mm. You're having a role-play jihad against all of these other people, and you're literally ruining their fun because you don't think that their name is good. And because they use the words like jihad and terrorist, and and then I told them they were role-play Nazis, and and this is me being a role-player, but I used that kind of language, and I got banned from the forums for like three months because I was being inflammatory. But it was like, you guys are – Role players should be the most inclusive because you're like, it's about imagination and it's about acceptance and yeah. people being able to do lots of cool things with characters. But instead you've got these, this tribalism going on where it's like, where we're this hardcore group of Elvish players and we can all speak Elvish in the real world. And we don't think oh that your gosh, name is Elvish dude. enough and you rolled an Elvish character. So you need to get off our server. And it's like, yeah, fuck off. That stuff really pisses me off because if, the fantasy world was real, right? There would likely be a situation possible, right? That wouldn't be too crazy where an elven family had some situation with a human or a dwarf, and they decided our, we're going to name our newborn child after this human or after this dwarf, right? Like they don't, every elf wouldn't follow the freaking rules right like in a real so it's just like if you're gonna role play then freaking role play right and and in a real role play environment there would be stories behind absolutely anything that might happen right so it's just like that doesn't kill your immersion because you can just pretend like well that's strange that elf's name is jeff that doesn't make sense, but maybe you know some great human Jeff warrior uh, saved their life or something. You know what I mean? Like it's role play. That's the point. Use your imagination and make it make it immersive again. The yeah. tribalism is a great topic. I, I think it's evolved over times. I think it's gotten worse, unfortunately, because especially now where we've we have so many more. I'm not saying this is a bad thing. It's not a bad thing that we have more inclusiveness. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like the me too movement and people coming out and, you know, wanting to use different pronouns and all this other stuff. I'm, I'm cool with all that, but at the same time that has just further segregated people into these smaller and smaller groups. And all of these groups feel like they have the best group and they want to be the best group. And if they're part of the vocal minority of that group, that's when it starts to become unfun for everybody because Mm. that's that tribalism you're talking about where it's like, which, yeah, I was gonna make a yeah. There, <laughs> this this definitely goes down the political path because I've seen a yes, lot of that does. too. But but yeah. the, to to deny the fact that that is part of the element of tribalism that we also see in games. I mean, it's it is it absolutely is. You'd see it for sure. I think it all ties in. Yeah. Oh yeah, because it's humans behind the avatars in games, right? It's still you're talking about human beings and how they interact and how they you know what their agendas are and what their goals are and what their boundaries and their limits are and how those things can all be ever changing between people in a community. So yeah, it, it, it does. Tie. So I'm going to hit a couple to a uh, couple things here real quick. I threw them in chat, but one of them was in Blizz news. Right. And that was talking about uh, how, you know, Activision Blizzard settles with the federal employee agency for 18 million, 18 million. That was quick too, by the way, that, that yeah. article went out yeah. and within like three or four hours they'd settled. So like, it went out that they were being sued. And then immediately, as soon as that went out, Blizzard said, we're going to settle. Um, and I think that was them saying, you know, we have all these lawsuits that are coming at us, right. From all these different directions this one, we can take care of really quickly and easily. 
and it'll give us a win in the PR category. And I looked at it and went, not really. I just look at, it's pretty obvious to anybody watching that you're just trying to shut somebody up by giving them money. And we yeah. don't even know where that money went. You know, it was, you know, they made these vague promises about this money is going to go to the people affected by these things. And okay. But <laughs> it was a very interesting scenario in, a, in any case. Yeah. And the thing too, is like that, I don't know, man, it's 18 million. That kind of seems a little low. Is that just me or is that yeah, kind of, no, so. it doesn't. It's, it's not just you. It's definitely. Uh, and that's yeah. what a lot of the, the, the people who are looking at that and criticizing yeah. it, that number is just like way low for how many know, employees. Like, yeah. Like that doesn't seem like that would be really covering. And much. it is, if I'm not mistaken, and I haven't seen an update on this, but if I'm not mistaken. It is that, that settlement offer was provisional upon acceptance so i don't know that it has uh, been accepted yet got the it. Court. it was also good. also uh you have to dig a little deeper because yeah. obviously it didn't make the front page of that yeah. story if you dig in a little deeper it also did come with like several in-game mounts <laughs> sorry it took me a second <laughs> so i mean <laughs> the value horrible of it isn't... <laughs> horrible <laughs> had a moment there where i was like wait what i was like no he didn't <laughs> he did not oh my god <laughs> come take up some in-game mounts come so on that sweeten the pot a little right bit. gonna yeah. purchase yeah, we got these for a chair for a good cause going to the save save blizzard foundation yes. and... yeah save blizzard Jeez, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it did seem low to me and then and then so we got the other one on starfield which we you know we talked recently about immersion and story and how important the narrative and all that is and, and we we always talk about this. We nerd out, right? But talking about Starfield having twice as much dialogue as Skyrim, like, damn. Yeah. Sounds like they're trying to build the next in a good way. I, I, I'm, I'm trying not to be hyped about it because yeah. I feel like it's so easy to get hyped up for something and to be disappointed in this day and age because a lot yeah. of games, some games like to the point where I'm going to sidetrack slightly like the Assassin's Creed series has gotten bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger and bigger with every game to the point where the most recent two games, Odyssey and, 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 um, um yeah, are so vast and have so many things going on that it actually, it took me six months to get through Valhalla, by the way. And I started off going, I'm going to do a completionist version because this is going to be amazing. It's going to play like an MMO. And by three months in, I was like, fuck the side quests i just need to focus on the main quest because i'm already three months in and i don't see any end in sight and there comes a point where that those games feel like they've gotten too big mm. and too bloated but that's not for some people that's great you know it's just i know that that criticism has been handed out by certain game outlets so i look at at what they're trying to do with starfield and i'm like i'm i'm optimist i'm i'm pessimistically optimistic is that the right way to say that um it works because i i want it to be cool because i would love a good science fiction game yeah and i know that those people make good games and if they could make elder scrolls in space and make it work man that would be cool because i like Shit. good science fiction stuff yeah, man. um and that for me i looked at that article and i i felt like that suggests that they are putting the amount of work into it that is necessary to turn it into something that is going to be worth that $70 price tag or what is, you know, 60 or $70 price tag when it comes out, um, as a truly epic triple A adventure. Yeah. Yeah. So and fingers I, crossed. 
I do think that they really are aware. I think they're self-aware that they need a new cow, right? Yeah. Like the this Skyrim cow has been milked to powder milk, right? Like, um, so I think that they know that, and I think that they really want Starfield to be their next cow that they can release multiple versions of on the PS6, PS7, Xbox Series Y, and Z. You know what I mean? Like, um, they can really milk a new cow, right? So I, I think I think. They want it to be good, and I think they're going to work really hard to make it good because they need that new cow with the new fresh milk. No, it hasn't. Volcanic camp. Well, dude, yo, it, it's about that time. We, I'm, I, I want so badly to jump into talking about this thing, but as we've been discussing things, you know, bringing up community, the tribalism, like guilds, communities around games, like this separation, like. We're going somewhere with this, right? I'm sure I'm going to probably ponder some things a bit more over the course of like the next week to rant about. But I have a lot to say about this um, because I don't know, man. There was once a vision, you know, that I think so many people shared for what a community, a gaming community, a guild community, a, a greater community for gamers, you know, could be. And I do feel like in a lot of ways on a lot of different levels, whether we're talking about back in a game, supporting it, being a part of a community, being a part of like streams around a community, uh, you know, chat and zones in a game in the community. Right. There's definitely like I've that tribalism element that exists. Right. And I think it didn't used to be so much like that. And I think that's something I, I, I do want to like kind of focus on a little bit because I do see it in different areas and I don't know, man. I guess I kind of have a new initiative for myself as a creator and as a gamer moving forward in the next year. You know, I've hit some goalposts. I think I think cultivating a community where this doesn't take shape or hold, you know, in a in a grander, you know, a grand scheme of things, I think it's like something that's actually really important to me. And yeah. um I don't think I recognized how big it seemed to be before and how quickly and easily it can make its way into games and gaming um so with that being said everybody one hell of a show always a pleasure thanks to everybody who's been here with us live thanks to hids node realm volcanic imp go for uh for all of the support tonight and the subscriptions and the gifted subscriptions here on the channel really appreciate that renfield nathan renfield why don't you shout out your domains and what you say we're gonna yeah no something we're okay. good um so yeah, yeah uh domain stuff um mm -hmm. Obviously, hit me up on YouTube, youtube.com for social info. Things have been blowing up recently, actually. I did, I did a, nice, a build video for uh, New World, and it, it's got like 9,000 views in the nice. last few days, and I've bumped a ton of subscribers, so it's been really cool. Big thing's going to be Patreon, and of course, don't forget the link that Sim dropped in here early. He also yeah. dropped it in his Discord, which yep. is about the D&D adventure that we're starting in November. We do have room for a couple more people. If if any of you out there think that you might want to be involved, yes. watch the video, dig into the Patreon, look at what we're building, and drop me a line in Discord. That's going to be the easiest way to get in touch with me, because I'm on Discord all day, every day, and it's on my mobile and everything else. So, definitely... <laughs> I'm I'm laughing at that. So um, <laughs> the DM know, thing. Uh, I know, man. You guys are fucking cruel, up. man. There's something going on behind the scenes right now, and no support, no love, fuckers. Okay, go on, Redfield, go. Anyway, that's, uh, 
YouTube.com for Sister Redfield and Patreon.com for Sister Redfield. Okay, Nathan. Yeah, I've got a few really big, long announcements, guys. Um, I got 10 of them. Uh, number one, okay, no, I'm just no, guys, you, can, you, can, you guys can check me out on YouTube, uh, The Nathan Napalm. Uh, you, know, you know how to get there. Uh, please go check me out. Give me some love. Uh, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of cool stuff coming. That's it. That's it. That's it. Thank you, you guys. <laughs> Fucking hell. We might be at the end of our show, everybody. But as always, we are looking for more to join the show. Ransom plenty every time. We'll see you next Thursday, 5 p.m. CDT right here on the channel. Have a great week, everybody. As always, walk in the light. Have a great night. Stay safe out there. We'll see you next time, friends. Good night, everybody.